Anonymous Eskimo Episode 2 Maksaktan to episode two of the Anonymous Eskimo Recovery Podcast. Today we have a very special guest here to share her recovery journey, Heidi Christensen. Hi, Heidi. Hello, Ralph. How are you? Yeah, you hear that crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Heidi, thank you so much for being the first guest on the Anonymous Eskimo Recovery Podcast. Yes, thank you for having me. Awesome. So just so our listeners can get to know you a little better, can you introduce yourself in your own words? Sure. My name is Heidi Christensen. I'm from Old Harbor, Alaska. I'm Sixpiac, and I'm Glitch and Athabaskan. Nice. Um, yeah. And I've been in recovery for five wonderful years. Oh, that's awesome. Five years. Yeah. How have you been? I've been doing really well. I am... Just been busy working. I work at the Cook Inlet Tribal Council of Recovery Services, and I work at the Ernie Turner Center um, as the cultural peer. I would say I teach cultural groups, and I'm a busy mother. You know, I work, I go to school. I'm a cat mom and a dog mom. That's right. I should say that Heidi was a peer support when I went to treatment at the. Ernie Turner uh, Treatment Center, and she she yeah. is the cultural leader there, and she teaches all the cultural groups. She taught me how to make earrings and dream catchers and stuff like that, and I want to thank you for that, so thank you, Heidi. Yes, you're welcome. And I know you're uh, really into subsistence and, you know, fishing and stuff. I've seen it. Um, you seem to be out fishing every free time you have. How have you done this year? Oh, I've done, I've done okay. I've been to Seward and, uh, where else? Kenai, um, Whittier, been to the Tail Race, uh, Ship Creek, kind of been everywhere. This weekend, I plan on going to Willow Creek, so. Oh, dang. We just got back from Kasilov this, uh, past weekend. Oh, fun. How'd you get? It was super rainy. And there was a lot of people, and I fished almost the whole time, and I got like 32. We got 32. Wow, that's a lot. So it, it, it was like a meat run, but I, I love to fish, and I love to subsist. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's great sober um, activity that I like to do, you know. Yeah, I agree. Do you do berry picking and hunting or anything? Um, I usually help process the meat when we do get meat. Um. When my husband gets moose or um, I'm, I'm a pretty crummy filleter, so I don't touch the fish. I just love to catch it. Um, I do gather <laughs> berries, a lot of berries, though. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I love to pick. Since I was a little girl, I'd always be out berry picking. Oh, nice. I used to 
dread berry picking because it was so boring. <laughs> I shouldn't say that. <laughs> but um my you know, my mom and my my sisters and everybody, they would they would pick so much berries and it was fun for them. And of course yeah. subsistence lifestyle you have to do that kind of stuff. And Definitely. I was just I was just thinking when I was out there, you know, the times that I was resting in between fishing out there, I was thinking Man, I've been out here so many times where I was drunk and, you know, mm-hmm. all that was was just to go down there and party. You know what I mean? And there's yep. there's still a lot of people that do that. And nowadays, now that I'm sober, my focus is on, you know, subsisting and getting all the uh, uh, fish I can to provide. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Yep, definitely. And it's so hard being an urban native. And, you know, we don't have easy access to our subsistence like we do in the village. So I believe that it's very important to get out there and, you know, find your own adventure and find your own subsistence, whether it's driving three hours or, you know, an hour somewhere to get berries. I think it's yeah, very important. Exactly. Like back when I was in Bethel, you we either go on a snow machine or a boat, you know, and just uh, mm-hmm. go out into the wilderness and pick berries and catch fish. Definitely. Um, but being urban, it's, it's a whole different story, but now being sober, I mean, I have so much time that I could do that now and it's so fulfilling. Definitely is. It's like me and my beadwork too. I think if we, you know, well, I know if you stick close to your culture, like you have your chances of recovery are, you know, pretty, pretty good. If you stick to, you know, your roots and your culture, I believe that, uh, very important in recovery. I think that's a good point to make because a lot of native people seem to, you know, they're ashamed of being in recovery and they don't want to tell mm-hmm. anybody, but if we need, if we're, if we're going to heal from this, then we need to speak out, you know, um, show mm-hmm. other native people that there is um, successful native people that are um, in recovery and doing well and subsisting and doing their cultural activities, you know? Yes, definitely. So switching um, topics. So Heidi, uh, can you tell me what things looked like before you got sober and uh, how you actually ended up finding recovery? Oh gosh, what a long story. Um, When I was younger, I was turned to alcohol, not by choice. It was kind of a forceful um, event that happened, but after I had that first drink, you know, I just felt like, I don't know, I, it was the only way to have fun. Like, I didn't have to have sober fun. Because I was just a kid, you know. I don't know what the difference or whatever was, you know, having fun. But I found more fun in drinking. Um, so I drank from 13 up until 27 years old. And um, a big life event happened when I was, you know, 27. Um my husband, he tried to take his own life and it was kind of like our wake up call, like, Hey, like a big drastic thing is happening right now. Like you need to wake the heck up and, you know, figure your stuff out. So, um, that happened. So that was a big wake up call. My husband went to treatment and then when he came home, I went to treatment and I was kind of, you know, halfway through treatment. I was like, yeah, I'm here for my husband. I'm here for my husband. But really, when I found out like it was really going to work is if I was there for me and I took care of me, then I could take care of anybody, you know? Um, yeah. So I 
go to um, the Treatment Center for Directions, uh, South Central Foundation. In 2015, I did six months of intensive outpatient. Um, but before I found all that, my life was a hot mess. I, you know, I've broken bridges. I've lost trust in relationships. I've just, you know, anything possible damaging to your, you know, yourself or anything like I had to carry that. And the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to drink. Yeah. Um, it, it's yeah. a slippery slope when all of that happens, you know? Yeah. So how did you so, find recovery then? Through uh, My sister-in-law, um, my sister-in-law, Jamie, she um, helped me research treatment centers. And then I, in, while I was in treatment, thank God I found treatment. I had a wonderful counselor. His name is Mike Smith. Um, he's passed uh, probably about three years now, but I just built this relationship with him and, you know, he really changed my mindset of challenging myself to stuff, like believe in me, mm-hmm. go after these things, you know, and in treatment also, I found out that I wanted to help people and I seen myself, you know, being a natural at helping people and especially in the um, substance use field, I just felt really natural. So I started looking into college classes. I found RADAC I went through a couple of times. Um, so... Yeah, he was just a true inspiration, and he believed in me like I could do it. I didn't have to be, you know, the Alaska Native stigma of, you know, being a drunk or a bum or, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's so good to have that kind of um, influence on people. I mean, you do that, too. I just want you to know mm-hmm. that <laughs> I, I found yeah. I found a lot of influence in uh, how you you taught your classes and, and you're just you being there and seeing another native person that's been through going through recovery and, and doing so well. We oh, need that. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. So you went through four directions uh-huh. and then now now you're you're still working at ETC, correct? Yes, I still work at uh, CITC. I've been there for two years and a couple of months. Um, I do a lot of, like, homeless outreaches. We make peanut butter and jellies and hand them out, our hygiene kits. And then we also go and volunteer down at Beans. Um, oh, nice. Just try to anywhere we can, you know, in the community. And our doors are always open for um, others to come and join us in our, um, like, our homeless outreaches uh-huh. and our sober gatherings that we have. We always have a lot of fun doing that. Is that still going on through even this pandemic that we're going through, like the COVID and everything? Yes, it is. It it actually is. um, But we're doing it over Zoom. So I've been trying to get really creative, like playing Jeopardy or just doing like a check-in or, you know, trying to make it fun. But you could only do so much through a computer. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of impersonal, but people still need to do that. Still, still need to yeah. have that connection of for um, recovery. You know, seeing other people doing it, and yeah. you know, doing this podcast. So, uh, thank you. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Yeah, what does it look like now that you're in recovery? Oh gosh, the the opportunities for me today that I believe in myself and I could pretty much do a lot now like I believe in myself I'm super confident I used to not be confident um you know I, I still set small goals for myself like my counselor taught me 
and I'm going to continue to go to college and continue to grow and learn and just, you know, absorb just everything. Cause I just feel like I, I'm unstoppable at this point. And, um, before that, I, I wasn't like that. I was like an introvert. I never talked, you know, um, I didn't really say my opinion or anything like that, but yeah, today life is definitely good. I have more than I could have imagined. I have a home. I have a million cats and a dog and some kids <laughs> and a big yard and I have flowers. I have a garden. Oh my gosh, I could go on and on. Like I have everything that I've always wanted and I know there's more to come. Yes. <laughs> every so, year, every day, it's like Christmas. Like one of my participants used to say, it's like Christmas morning every morning because I get to wake up sober. Oh, that's, that's awesome. And when you're um, still going through this recovery and everything seems to get better and better, do you still have, um, you know, bad days and days that you need to, you know, step up some of the coping skills and everything that you've learned before? Yes. So my body tells me a lot, like when I'm stressed out, like my back will get tense. That no, that means I need to go get my nails done. I need to go get my feet done, like a massage. I need to go soak in uh-huh. a jacuzzi. Self-care is pretty big to me. You um, time. Yeah, definitely. I, I really enjoy that. Or fishing. Oh, my gosh. If you just if I'm having a bad day, man, just take me fishing. That cures everything. <laughs> <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> it really It's does. almost like meditation because you're waiting. We're just waiting until yeah. that. And then once you get that one hook... That one bite, it's it's yeah. all worth it. <laughs> yeah, so much fun, and then it just feels so ginormous, like reeling it in, and you're fighting it and fighting back, and that's kind of like fighting for your own recovery when it is pulling on you. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good analogy. That's awesome. So, what's I, I know you mentioned you're going to classes and everything. What's in store for uh, your future in recovery? Oh gosh, I'm I'm gonna be somebody. I'm gonna be somebody big. I don't know what yet. <laughs> yeah, I have so much accomplished. I, I, you know, I'm. I actually want to have a business, a my own case management business, where I help other people. You know, be the bridge for them. Um, you know, bridging the gap from the streets and maybe treatment, or you know, just being a helping hand to anybody that really wants recovery as bad as I wanted it. You know, yeah, and just show them how it and maybe have a cultural twist on it or you know yeah 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 definitely helping big time which is probably going to be like a a business of some sort that's great i know you could do so much with um a business like that and helping other people not only natives you know just like this podcast i mean you know i want to kind of kind of focus on that issue but but there's yep. recovery everywhere, everywhere you look. Yeah. Somebody knows yeah. some somebody that's still struggling, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I right think up, right. I got on the uh, got on the phone with you that uh, I one of my cousins going through crisis right now. She's coming down pretty hard off of alcohol and God knows what else. Um, so it's you know I my job really never ends. You know I'm always there even for the next. Even when you're not working, huh? Yep. My heart's in it and I'm in it for the long run. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be awesome. You're gonna be you're gonna be the big wig over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs> you're so good with uh, like the participants and everything. You have just an awesome rapport. Oh, 
Yeah. They don't know how much joy they bring to my heart whenever I read the evaluation sheets. I'm just like, oh, this is why I keep coming back and this is why I do what I do, you know? I've heard that a lot in, you know, people that work in like treatment centers or, or, or recovery centers that they don't do mm-hmm. it for the money. They do it, you know, to kind of help people and get mm-hmm. that feeling of, you know, you're helping somebody and they're responding mm-hmm. from what you're putting out there. Yes, definitely. Like people pointing stuff out, you didn't even realize you made a difference and they're pointing it out to you and then they say thank you. And, you know, that just makes my heart so happy. Like my heart's just like dancing away um, when people, you know, you don't you don't realize who's watching, you know, or who's listening to what you're saying until, you know, they carry that life skill with them. And, you know, you made a long term impact on them and, yeah. you know, they're going to carry for the rest of their life. Definitely. So I I know you. I know you made an impression on me. It was just the way you carry yourself and all the humor that comes with it too. <laughs> we wow. had some fun times. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I believe that's a really big part of recovery too. Is man, just have fun. Life's too short, and make, you know, have jokes and laugh and giggle and just be happy and merry. And yeah, it, it seems like you have more time for you know fun things. Mm-hmm. You're not, you're not, you're you're not sick anymore. You're not, you know, struggling Uh and and just trying to find the next booze bottle or, you know, drink of beer or anything, you know, it's just, you're living your life and that's just so rewarding. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I could, I could live a life of pure joy with no mind altering substance or nothing holding me back. And I could feel it 100%. Yeah. That's what I really. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So what would you say to somebody who is currently struggling with, um, you know, drinking or addiction? What kind of advice can you give them? I would tell them that if you want it, if you really, really want it, you got to put your 110% in it and, you know, lean on each other because the recovery community is huge. You don't realize how huge it is mm-hmm. until you start reaching out and you'll see all these wonderful people trying to help, you know, and not asking for anything back. It's just, it's just amazing. And don't give up on yourself because I almost was that person when I gave up on myself and I would have let myself go. I don't even know if I'd still be around or, you know, this is a really dark place. But definitely don't give up on yourself because you are worth it. And life is too short. Definitely. Those are good words. I appreciate that. So, um, you know, I want to do something on this podcast where we kind of bring it to a lighter note, you know, kind of bring up some humorous things like we, we do, you know, trying to bring some humor to this podcast. So I was wondering, um, do you have a, like a humorous story about a time you were drinking, you know, maybe crazy, funny things you did, anything light and funny? Do you want to share some funny story with the world? <laughs> that happened to me or else. <laughs> hey, it could be either. I mean, you had to be there, right? If you witnessed it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I have so many, but it's yeah. kind of, it's appropriate. So I was planning on cooking chicken like the next day or whatever. I was too lazy to cook it. So I just covered it up and put it in the fridge. Uh-huh. And my husband woke up in the middle of the night after a long night of drinking, and he went to the fridge and took a really big bite out of the raw chicken. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was 
so disgusting. I woke up the next day and I was like, did you take a bite out of that chicken? Oh, no. And he was so edgy and he was like gagging. I was like, I think you ate that. <laughs> oh my God, he was so hungover and so sick the next day. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's funny so, yeah it's like the top three stories of oh that was so gross that's yeah so funny it's funny because when i'm when i was drinking and trying to cook i'd be like trying to be a mr chef man you know <laughs> <laughs> the next day would be like the kitchen's all dirty and messy and just food everywhere <laughs> burnt you know oh burnt stove tops it was crazy so that's pretty funny i can relate yeah i went to go blow out the candle and i must have blew it pretty damn hard because there's wax all over my face (laughs) i don't so many weird ones so many crazy ones yeah that's what i like about you know talking to other people in recovery Uh we can find humor in this you know um yeah i was talking to somebody and they were saying you know if we call them normies, I guess you would say. If a normie mm-hmm. heard some of the stories that we were telling and laughing about, they'd be like, what are you laughing about? That's bad. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's like yeah. terrible. I don't understand why you're laughing. But um, people who've been through um, that kind of stuff and relate, it's humorous, you know? It really is. Yeah. So any any last words that you want to put out there? Um, I just wanted to say thank you for giving me the opportunity to speak on your podcast and anybody can reach out to me if you need to, you want to, um, I'm always available to help and be the the bridge to recovery and anybody looking for treatment or, you know, just to chit chat or, you know, hang out or I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Anything. I mean, that's totally awesome. And, and and we need that type of support from everybody. And you were right about how people in recovery support each other because I've, I've gotten to know a whole bunch of people uh, giving me phone numbers, asking me how I'm doing, ca- texting mm-hmm. me, calling me, Hey, you weren't, you know, you weren't me- at this meeting or something like that. Are you doing okay? You know, just check, checking up on me and making yep. sure that I'm doing okay. Um, sober mm-hmm. support is huge in recovery. Um, yeah. And even yeah. even if you went through the treatment center and you have, you know, family members that have went through it with you, keep in touch mm-hmm. with them, you know, call mm-hmm. them or text them and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, hey, you still mm-hmm. sober? <laughs> I, ha- <laughs> I have one family member that I've, I went through the treatment um, with that I, I text and say, hey, how you doing? Are you still sober? <laughs> Just to be, you know, <laughs> kind of be funny. <laughs> you probably know who, yeah. who it is. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. So, well, Heidi, thank you so much for being my very first guest on my podcast. I really appreciate you sharing your recovery journey with the world. And I know your story will bring hope to someone that is still struggling or, you know, who may be just curious about getting sober. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yes, thank you, Ralph, for having me. Okay, so I'm going to end this with, um, you know, if, if you're a strong indigenous person in recovery who would like to share their journey or know a strong um, indigenous person, just get a hold of me at um, 
anonymouseskimopodcast at gmail.com. And that's just one whole word. Um, so we can maybe bring hope to someone still struggling. And if you would like to help, get the word out. Share the link. And whether you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, or iHeartRadio, please share this with your friends. Follow, subscribe, rate this podcast, and write a review. So listen next week when I have another strong indigenous person who is walking with us on this recovery journey. Maksakten. Maksakten. Maksakten.